Welcome back, y'all. This is the Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, CJ Krause. And as always, with me, DLF Carp, Tyler Carp. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm great. It's been a great day. I want the NFL draft to be here. Tired of waiting. I don't like waiting. That's really how I'm doing right now. It's yeah, it's draft week. We're all excited for this. We can't wait to see where all the landing spots are. This is like one of my favorite weeks of the year, especially for the offseason, to see where all these rookies been talking about going. But we kind of looked back this past for this one to set ourselves up before we go into our rookie redo for 2020 tyler's got some exciting news for this nfl draft that we get to do we are going to be live for the entire night one of the nfl draft starting at i'm decided to start like 7 30 7 45 around there where um cj and i are going to introduce the guest lineup i will not i will i'll be i'll leave it a surprise actually i'm not going to go through the whole list of guests i, I want I want you all to be surprised. We might put out a tweet on the day of the show. I want to save that for the day of where we'll promote it. But let's just say that we have booked a great lineup of guests. You guys are going to be excited. And I just, um, yeah, you'll, you'll see it. We'll have like a big tweet the day of like, or maybe the night before, like we're going live. We have like these people on the show. It's going to be great. I promise you're going to love it. And yeah, it's going to be a great, like a great time. I've never really done a stream like this before. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a, an epic. No, it's going to be a blast. We're alive the whole night one, no matter how long it goes through. It's going to be me and Tyler on there. And we got guests throughout the whole time, except for like the first like half an hour, 45 minutes and just us intro, two yeah. chatting about everything, but we're excited. We'll get the instant reactions, our fantasy talk for all the positional players being taken. And we'll have like I said, this lineup of guests, be, be on the lookout. Make sure you're following myself at KidFlashFF, Tyler at DLF underscore Carp, and at the Dynasty Duo FF. Make sure you're following all three of those to make sure that you get up to date to know who's going to be on this lineup. And always check it out. That's where we'll be streaming from. So there's no news this week. So we're skipping the news drop. We are jumping right into our rookie redo. So we're redoing the 2020 rookie draft. It is going to be Superflex, tight end premium. We are doing alternating draft picks. We are drafting basically 12 different teams, so it's not the same team. I get all the odds. Tyler gets all the evens. So I get to start us off with this one. So with that start here, guys, I'm going pretty chalk on this one. It's going to be Justin Herbert. I can't not take someone like that inside Dynasty Superflex. He is a first-round Dynasty startup pick right now. He is my obvious one-on-one in a super flex setup. I'm just going to leave it at that. I like it. I, that's what I would have done. Seems pretty normal. Quarterbacks are just starting to go off the board right at the top of super flex drafts. You know, even though uh, people are probably going a little too crazy over the quarterback position, I, uh, I think getting a stud quarterback at the top is a great idea. I, I just think you can't pass him up there. He's, like I say, he's probably the highest drafted. Besides, maybe you're going to pick next in a regular startup as well. But, yeah, I just want to lock down that young quarterback. I'll have him for ideally 10-plus years. So Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, well, I guess we should just move on. I will take Jonathan Taylor. I, I mean, I would totally take Taylor there too. I love Jonathan Taylor. You know that I love Jonathan Taylor. He was a great prospect coming out. He had a great year one. I think he was third or fourth in the NFL in rushing yards as a rookie. He has a great offensive line, sort of anyway. I mean, it's still pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, I just he's a great prospect. He did well as a rookie. Still only 22 years old. I'm happy to uh, anchor, you know, my dynasty team with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, like I was just saying, there's. I think he's the other obvious pick in the top two. It's going to get pretty easy in his first few picks. This is where it kind of gets a little bit... Wonky. I've got a few ways to go with this one of three here, and I'm just going to stick with the quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is the correct choice here just because of the longevity of it. There is one other guy that I think Tyler's going to take next, but I just think that Burrow is going to bounce back. He's going to get either an offensive lineman, hopefully, or a great skills weapon, and I think he's only going to elevate him to that quarterback one status that he's going to hold on to. Yeah, I. so I'm, I used to be. Things have really changed in the world. 
I used to be the guy saying you got to take quarterback. Like quarterback is super important in Superflex. And my opinion hasn't changed. I still like taking quarterbacks in Superflex, but the market has taken a big jump way past where I am. And now it's like all the quarterbacks are going at the front. And I, I'm just not, I'm not there. Like, I'm not there. I'm probably never going to be there. I mean, Joe Burrow, he had a good rookie year, but he had an injury. And, you know, he's going to probably come back. I still like him. But, you know, I don't know. People are taking him in the first round of startups. I think that's a little rich for me. I would take him in the first round of startups. I think I would take him in the second round, definitely. And I just yeah, think he's, he's... Going, he's going in the first in a, in a lot of startup drafts. It's crazy. I think at the back end, right? Around the 110 to one. Yeah, but range. we get startups now where there's nine, 10 quarterbacks going in the first round. I mean, and this is another reason why I want to take quarterback here, especially just because that values, even perceived value, is more than a lot of the skills positions. Again, I think he's a second-round startup pick, like, pretty locked in, like, mid-second. I just don't think it's a bad spot here, especially what's coming up. But there was one other guy I was debating, and I'm, like, 99% sure you're taking him next. So who's the yeah, one Yeah, I mean, I'll take Justin Jefferson. I, I love Justin Jefferson. He's my uh, dynasty wide receiver one. So he just – I mean, he turns 22 years old in June. Um, so – yeah, I, I think he has a great future ahead of him. He had 1,400 yards as a rookie. Everybody knows that. But, you know, just to repeat it, there's very few rookies who have had that kind of production. And, you know, we, we can complain and whine about Kirk Cousins all we want, but he produces for his receivers. The reason we don't like Kirk Cousins in fantasy is because he doesn't run the ball. But that doesn't affect his receivers. He's still good for his receivers. He supported Thielen and Diggs for a long time. And now Thielen is... Diggs is gone. Thielen is kind of on the way down, probably. And Justin Jefferson is on his way to being the one there, if he, if not the one already. So, yeah, I, I'm all in on Justin Jefferson. As we talked about last week, Tyler has him currently the wide receiver one in Dynasty. I do still have his, him. I didn't for his change, rankings. What do you think? I changed my mind in the last week. What happened? What would have happened in the last week? You change your mind, mind every minute. You're just oh, like, mm -hmm. well, I'm sorry that I'm working for the people. Working for the people. I didn't, I didn't want to say something that's not true, so I wanted it's to be true. sure. But yeah. I, I, it's true. I'm working for the people constantly to update my dynasty rankings to always bring you the best. Uh, so, yes, sometimes my opinion does change, but no, not, not on Justin Jefferson. He's been my dynasty wide receiver one the entire offseason. So nothing's really changed in the last three months. Yeah, and like we talked about, a repeatable fantasy finish. Maybe not the yards as high at per game, but definitely there's room to grow in the reception total. There's room to grow in the touchdown total. And it's a repeatable stat, but it's not expected at 1,400 every single year. But that's kind of the range of minutes. I totally agree. He was the other guy I was considering at three. But I think the quarterback position is just worth more than the wide receiver position, just the way it works in fantasy right now. Yeah, I, I wish that people would not do that like i don't i don't get it like when when did i become the anti-quarterback guy in superflex but now i think if i were doing superflex startups i'd find myself with those middle range quarterbacks that nobody else wants a lot of kirk cousins like we mentioned you know older guys like matt ryan i just it's weird after the stud quarterbacks it's the middle range of quarterbacks where i just hate the value on guys like burrow uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I just, those guys, like, they go way too high for me. So I, ne I never end up with uh, quarterbacks in that range. I always prefer to take receivers like Justin Jefferson. Speaking of receivers, I'm going to be taking CeeDee Lamb on the next pick here at the 105. I think he's the next best guy available there. I think with Dak signing there, they're locked together for many years together. Dak is great. CD is great. There's not much to say. And he almost posted 1,000 receivers with a Ben DiNucci problem. So I think that's great to see. I love CeeDee Lamb. I mean, to me, there's a bunch of guys really in a tier. He, he's one of them. I like him. He plays with Dak, like you said. I'm not too worried about Amari Cooper. I think CeeDee Lamb is way better, personally, than Amari Cooper. I, I've never been a big Amari fan. I think Amari, I love Amari Cooper, and I still yeah, think you do. Yeah, I, you I definitely, do. I definitely don't love – well, I like Amari Cooper. I've always been very – I liked Amari Cooper always about the same. It's another one of those situations where when people were hating on Amari Cooper, I was the Amari Cooper supporter who still liked him. And then when people went a little nuts on Amari Cooper, I was the Amari Cooper hater because I didn't like him. But my opinion was always the same. It's I just, I just think, to not to get too far from CD Lamb, I just think Amari Cooper is always a value. 
He just his his draft capital to production is always going to outproduce it the way it's normally. Recently, year. yes, but I do think that CD Lamb since, is going to become since he got to Dallas. I think Amari Cooper's outproduced what his draft yes. capital has been, and that's a big thing. But CD Lamb is going to be great. He's going before Amari Cooper, and he should. He should, he should definitely be. But and that's he's something that like, one very we'll soon. See, we'll see if it's this year or next year. That's going to be definitely how long. It's I think take. just to get this on the record, week five. I think okay. week five. As someone who does start sit and, you know, maybe it's something we can track. I think by week five, I will be ranking CeeDee Lamb and recommending CeeDee Lamb as a start on a weekly basis above Amari Cooper. That's that's my prediction right around week five of this year is when I think I'm going to that switch is going to happen. So well, we're going to make a note of that um, more for our redraft. Make league make a note of that. It's, yeah. it's something interesting to look at for sure when we look at CeeDee Lamb's year two production because he's just such a such a focus of dynasty managers. I mean, we're all, everybody, I mean, was, nobody dislikes CD lamb. Everyone likes him. It's just a question of how much. So it's something, it's something to look at. Cause he's yeah, he, was, he was the number one wide receiver, like pretty much by consensus yes. last year. And he's in the spotlight. Always. Everyone is paying attention to him. He plays for Dallas too, which always just, uh, just adds to the uh, like attention that he gets. So definitely something we got to track as the year continues. Definitely. So going to the six, it's all you, Tyler. Yes. Um, I am going to go with talent over situation, at least in my opinion, and uh, go with DeAndre Swift. I love DeAndre Swift's talent. I was very upset when he went to the Lions. I did not like it. I still don't like it. Now everything got much worse. Now he's stuck with uh, incompetent Jared Goff and interesting coach Dan Campbell and his biting kneecaps, whatever that means. But luckily, He'll still be able to produce in the passing game. He was very impressive as a PPR weapon in year one. I believe he had 46 receptions on 57 targets. He showed PPR upside in year one, receiving skills, which is always what we want in a PPR dynasty game. That's not going to change. If anything, Detroit has no receiving weapons at this time other than TJ Hawkinson. They have no receivers, nothing. So wouldn't surprise me if they throw a running back a lot. And, you know, he might not have great scoring opportunity, but at least he'll be able to produce for PPR. And I just think he's so, he's just so good. He, he looked the best of the remaining running backs in year one, at least in, in my opinion. I totally agree. I think that was the correct pick going next. I think it was debatable with CD if you need a running back in that range. I think they're both similar, but I think that CD is just a better situation. And I, I, I don't want to say player, but I, think I totally situation. understand that. If you want to build your team around a cornerstone asset in CD Lamb, I, I couldn't fault you for it at all. They're they're in the same value range for me completely. Yeah, so Swift Swift could see like 80 tar- 80 receptions the way they dump it down. They, like that's in the range of outcomes. Yeah, I, I don't see Jamal Williams as a significant obstacle, and Carryon Johnson is is uh, garbage. And he was one of the best pass catchers coming out last year was Swift. And he was true. one of the top guys that we were talking about until he landed in that Detroit situation. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, the player outperformed situation. We've seen that with A.J. Brown. He did, he did already in year one. He showed as a talent more than the situation dictated. So it's good news that we already saw him outperforming his situation. 100%. Yeah. So I'm going to move on to the next one. It's another running back. This is who I have next. I'm not sure if Tyler's going to agree with this one. It's going to be J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't agree. I know you don't. We've had this conversation before. I think J.K. Dobbins times. is the next best running back across. Of, I think his contact balance is great. I think he's going to be one of the most run heavy offenses in the NFL. And I just think he's worth this spot. I almost sorry, I know who you have next. I might disagree with that. But um, what do you think of J.K. Dobbins here? like jk dobbins i'm starting to get more and more nervous with jk dobbins as time passes i just i have concerns i think that i don't know something about baltimore is odd to me i can't really put my finger on it but there's just something about them that I don't really like. I don't know if it's the fact that no wide receiver wants to sign there, that they claim that they want to run the ball all the time, but there's also three people there who run the ball. They, they really seem to like Gus Edwards. I, I like J.K. Dobbins, but I just worry that the ceiling isn't there. And, and unless Lamar decides that he's going to throw to the running back, which he has failed to do, in his career, he's not going to get the receptions. There will be no receptions in that in that offense. We've seen this every time with a running quarterback. They do not pass to the running back. They just don't do it. 
And that is very concerning to me, which is a shame. Like I said on the last podcast, I've said it many times about J.K. Dobbins. It's a shame because he's good in the receiving game. But if the quarterback just doesn't throw to him, it doesn't matter how good he is in the receiving game. So that, that's probably my biggest concern. But I also just have some general concerns about Baltimore in a lot of ways that kind of making me push everyone on Baltimore down. Something about them. It's hard to put exactly say what, but to the vibe in Baltimore, this is a little bit scary. I don't. Do you feel that way, or is that just a me thing? Because I'm not the only one thing. A lot. A lot of things. I I was having this conversation earlier that people think Baltimore is gonna be a poor landing spot for a wide receiver there. Very poor. And it's not. I don't think it's gonna be that bad. But I think that's kind of the feeling. If oh, it's gonna be bad for receivers. And J.K. Dobbins is still dealing. That would get us off topic for a long time. But just for the record, I think it is the worst landing spot for any receiver by far not close. I think that's going to be Philadelphia. If you want to go like completely off off on the side here, I think Philadelphia is the worst. They are the second worst. See, I flip-flopped them. I think Jalen Hurts is a The only reason passer, I think Baltimore but... is worse is because they're going to stick with Lamar Jackson. No matter what, they're going down with the ship. They're extending him. So we have four or five years of this disaster, whereas Philadelphia may change from Jalen Hurts if he's bad. That's the only reason why I think Baltimore is worse. If, if, if it was on the surface, I would prefer to have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback, not Jalen Hurts. But they're never going to get away from Lamar Jackson. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying that's where I'm looking at it right now. And I, I'm not too worried. I think I, like I said, I take Dobbins here. Obviously I'm not worried. Yeah. No, so that's who, why I'm so concerned about Dobbins because Lamar's not going away. They've won games with Lamar. So he's, but he's like, we've seen here. running backs do well, regardless of Lamar being there. There's still going to be touchdown upside. There's still going to be these things that's going on. That's true. But the high end upside, if you do not catch the ball, if you do not get 30 receptions, you cannot be a high end RB one. It's not possible. You can't I, do it. I mean, Derek Henry did it. He's the only one. I mean, he's a unicorn. He's an outlier. That's what you have to be. And he wasn't even the RB1. He was the RB3. Like, and that's Derrick Henry, one of the best rushing running backs in the last 10 years. Like, that's what he has to be. You realize that, right? Like, he, to be a high-end RB1, J.K. Dobbins has to be that good. And that, I just, I, I, I don't, where, I don't, I'm not assuming that's going to happen. That, that's my issue with J.K. Dobbins. I, I can see the issue there. I just think he can be better on the ground. And I think he just has that ability to, if they decide to, he's going to get all the pass catching work. That's the word, not pass catching. Well, there, no pa- well, there will be no pass catching work. That, there will be no pass catching work. That's the thing. He's getting all of nothing. So all of nothing is not, I agree with you. He'll get all of it, but all of nothing is not that great. But this I, is, I, it, I still it, think he's going to, I still think he can get more work than someone that I'm pretty sure you're going to draft here soon. Yes. That's, well, we, we can talk about who I'm yeah. going to draft. Uh, I'll take Cam Akers. That's uh, who I think is going to get more pass catching work than Cam Akers. Well, there's just no way. I mean, how? How? Eleven receptions, man. Right, but there is. But here's the thing: you can always decide if there is pass catching work in the offense. You it can go to someone else. That's possible. It's more likely that pass catching work that, and this is why I prefer Cam Akers over J.K. Dobbins. Just going into that. There is going to be pass catching work for the running back in the Rams offense. Matthew Stafford likes to throw to the running back. So it will exist. So if it exists, it could in theory go to Cam Akers. Whereas with J.K. Dobbins, it doesn't exist, period. There is no receptions to the running back. So if there are no receptions to the running back, they can't go to another player. It doesn't matter. Whereas here, I understand. I agree with you. It is concerning that he only had 11 receptions in year one. That's why I'm not as high on Cam Akers as some people. Some people have put Cam Akers way higher than I have him. They would have taken him above DeAndre Swift, which I didn't do. They might have taken him even above Justin Jefferson, who we talked about earlier, or Joe Burrow as well. They could have, he could have been one of the first players for some people. I don't have him there. I agree with you that it is a concern, but it's more likely that receptions are going to move from one player to another than come out of thin air and just appear from a quarterback who doesn't do it. That's that's the difference for me. I can understand that, but I just think that the way they're going to use their offense, and I just don't. We would have saw more of it from Cam. That's what I'm I'm kind of worried about. But I can see the potential is there. I'm just not in on that brand. And again, I'm one of the lower guys on Cam Akers. I don't dislike Cam Akers. I just think he's in a different tier, especially in terms of talent. I think that J.K. Thomas is a better talent than Cam Akers in general. So I think it's going to win out. Probably agree, but I, I see the difference as minimal. Whereas like, I think you see the difference as big. 
like I, I mean by big i mean i would still take them like very closely together but i would yeah but like raw talent, dobbins over. raw talent i see acres and dobbins is very similar with maybe dobbins having a slight edge whereas i think that that's not how you see it i, I do not see it that way so yeah. i think that's, that's kind of we fundamentally disagree but i still think they're both going to be you know top 12 running backs so i'm not but i'm not like fighting it i would also caution people who are taking acres even higher I mean, there are some people who are taking acres in the first round of um, the Superflex drafts or as an early second round pick in Superflex drafts. I think that you're getting a little carried away. You're assuming that he's going to get all of the rushing work and all of the receiving work. Whereas I'm saying that it's possible he'll get all of it. And that's why I'm drafting him there. But some people I think are pricing him as if that's already happened. Whereas I think I'm being a little bit more cautious than those people so so what we're saying here even though they are going to be our um what seven and eight there is going to be a definite gap between the five and six which was cd lamb and deandre swift then we have jk well for and- you for me all those four players are very similar i had that's a tier like we've just completed a tier for me that includes swift acres lamb and dobbins that those four are grouping for me but okay. some people have acres above all of them and more close to like uh, Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson. Some people see it more that way. And I disagree with those people. I think that acres more belongs, you know, similar to Swift and Dobbins than in that higher group. I don't, I don't have him in that higher group. I mean, I'm totally agree. You know, I have him a little bit lower, so yeah, but it, it's, so the same idea. So you think that six through eight, right around that range is about the same in terms of the running backs. Mm-hmm. So perfect. So we're going to move on to nine. This is someone I think is in the same tier as Cam Akers. That is going to be Antonio Gibson. That's just who I think is the next guy off the list. I think he is the next best ceiling of running back that we have available to us, and that's who I would take here. I think he can increase the pass catching work. I think his touchdowns will go down a little bit because he had a very good touchdown efficiency, but he was more of a receiver in college, and I think he has that ability now that we've seen him on the field as a good rusher and we just didn't see the pass catching as much as we expected and he, and he outperformed the rushing ability. Yeah. I completely agree with Gibson at this spot. I, I don't really have him quite as high. I mean, I have him at nine just like you did, but this is the start of a new group for me. Uh, that's lower in value than the players we've already discussed, but I, I would have done the same thing. I, I like Gibson's upside. Uh, he did score a lot of touchdowns in year one, which could regress. But also, hey, that's nice. As a rookie, he displayed touchdown upside. That's what we want. We want players who score touchdowns in the NFL, especially in a poor offense. Washington 2020 offense was not good. It, it was better than some other options in the NFC East, but it, w- it wasn't good. <laughs> so it was kind of impressive that he scored all of those touchdowns. If you think about it that way, that's a positive way to spin that. Oh, I totally, I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm saying like he already did that. And, but the thing is that if we were expecting regression to like more of a mean that we would see, he still has so much room to grow in other areas that it could end up being that same spot. Like we talked about Justin Jefferson, he could regress in yardage a little bit to the mean a little bit more, but he still has room of receptions and touchdowns. Whereas um, Gibson has the ability to get more receptions, more rushing work, more, more yardage yeah. to balance that out. And again, if he gets those touchdowns again, he shows he has that nose to the end zone. This is where I think his ceiling could be higher than um, some of the guys we've already talked about. I like Gibson. It's just that I love Swift, Akers, and even Dobbins comparatively. I think that's more of what I'm trying to say. I I do like Gibson. I think he's a worthy back-end RB1 in Dynasty, which is is good. I mean, think about it. There aren't that many. There's only 12 RB1s. Yeah, we're, we're like splitting here. This class is so strong. It's just yeah. added such more life to Dynasty. I personally would just flip-flop Akers and Gibson. That's how I would play. But again, I have give, I just have those literally swapped in my rankings. Yeah. Whereas, but I'm, you know, I'm they, the minority on uh, the Akers. Very heavy minority given where the ADP is at the moment. Oh, I I know it. I've been yeah. living by it. I've been hearing about it, and I'm okay with it. So we'll see what happens. And if, and if I take the L, I take the L, but I stand by what I say. Yeah. We all do, though. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's something you got to do to go down with the ship a little bit. I'm not going down with any ship. Everyone else is on the ship. It's it's too heavy right now. <laughs> too heavy. I plan on, be, I plan no on being room. on my little my, my no big room boat. for you on, on the Acres boat. It looks like. But, um, but yes, I would have. I agree with having Gibson at nine. And uh, let's move on to ten, where I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who I I like. 
I, I think that people are too harsh on him. They're mean to him. He, he wasn't that bad. He had an 1,100-yard rookie year, total yards. He only played 13 games. I mean, the, uh, I like him a lot better now that the Chiefs traded for uh, – we, uh, we should have – this was the one news I suppose we could have talked about is that the Chiefs – Well, I knew we'd get to this anyway, so the Chiefs – And we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting yeah. to it now. The Chiefs traded for uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr., I think, or is it, I don't know. He's Jr. But <laughs> Zeus, is that his name, or is that Ronnie Stanley? I have no idea. Clearly, you can see I know the fantasy-relevant players, and I don't know a lot about anyone else. They got an offensive lineman. They got That's the important part here. Left tackle that's what they did and this is going to help Clyde Edwards Hilaire's stock in year two the offensive line will be better they signed two uh they signed two guards in free agency as well so they're really working on the offensive they, they line. overhauled that whole offensive line that's a, that line that was getting decimated by the Bucks in the Super Bowl does not exist anymore yeah no the, that line is gone so it's a totally different line and that's why I'm comfortable with Clyde Edwards Hilaire here it, it was a pretty Honestly, just given the way that I play Superflex, it was an easy choice. But I understand that some people would have made a different, would have gone for a quarterback. I just, I don't, play, I guess I just don't play Superflex that way. I, I don't see these quarterbacks as hyper valuable after like the elite tier. So that's why I went with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and not a couple of the quarterback options that were available. I think that's more of the discussion because I don't really think that there was a positional player that was that close in value to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I, I would have taken Edwards-Hilaire there too as well, honestly. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, where people are like freaking out, like where are X or Y? And I'm sure they're coming up right now with the quarterback position, but I don't think the quarterbacks that are left right now are on the same level what a running back can do. And he can be a back-end running back one or a high-end running back two, and that's very, very effective for your dynasty team plus you have to remember they do have that fifth year option on him so he has a longer guaranteed contract almost to other players and he plays with patrick mahomes this is why he was the first running back taken last year and now he's at the end of the list but still i think it's important to know all of that i'm gonna go with tua i'm not gonna try his last time i never try it but i think Tua is next one. i think mostly because of draft capital that's a big piece of it and i think that they're going to stick with him at least for a little bit longer. I think he's more leash than a lot of them. And, and I hope that he gets another receiving option, which I think he will in this draft. I'm not excited to draft two. This is like where like I want to grab a quarterback. So that's not kind excited. of what I would have there. So what do you think, Tyler? It's unexciting. Yeah. He's boring. I don't really like him anymore. He was he failed. He was a failure. In year one, I don't really, I, I don't really like sticking with failures. I, I like people who succeeded. I like people who did better. He did poorly. So no, I, I mean, did he, was he that bad? No, but like, I was that happy with what I saw. I think that any idea that Tua is ever going to be a top five fantasy quarterback, you can take that, light it on fire. It's not going to happen. Uh, I, the best I think you're hoping for is borderline QB one numbers. He didn't get anywhere near that as a rookie. He didn't even show any ability to get anywhere near that. We'll see what they do. Uh, if they improve the weapons, I expect them to take someone at six overall, likely Chase or Pitts. I think, that would, I think that's a big reason why I'm making this decision. I think that would elevate him enough to have would. that weapon. And they have to jump him over another quarterback we'll be talking about here shortly, I presume. But, and but I just think the leash as well. I think that's something that's important. We can't overstate this, but learn the lesson that doesn't matter how many weapons are around a quarterback if the quarterback's bad like last year everyone was like drew lock is too big to fail because he has all of these great weapons but he didn't count for the fact that drew lock sucked so if tua sucks it doesn't matter how many receivers he has he's gonna be bad so he has to be good in order to succeed if he's bad he's going to fail i think Tua's better than lock by leaps and he's bounds better He's better, just, but he's okay. He's so someone I'm fine with my QB two. If I needed a QB one, I'd probably take a different quarterback that's still on the board. But if someone has my QB two, it's like I can put as like a safety or net. I think it's what I want, and that's what I'm looking for right now. And I, again, in Superflex, I would probably go a little bit safer here. So that's kind of what I have. Who's your 112, Tyler? So I'm pretty sure it's going to be the other one, so we can talk I'll about take it. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, this is this. I, I thought you were going with this one. I know you pretty well, so this is where the uh, flip flop could happen, and they're close to me. I just think that the Eagles aren't committed to Hurts, and I don't think they're going to be. And I don't think he's a good passer, so I'm not sure how long he's going to be like as a starter is the biggest thing. I think his one-year ceiling is higher, but longevity-wise, I think I'd rather have Tua. I 
don't want either of these two. Like I'm realizing that, I mean, both of these two are at prices in my rankings where I will never have them ever. They're multiple rounds lower than their ADP, both of them. I have zero interest in Tua or Hertz at all. At their uh, price. Uh, yeah, well, yes, at their price. I have zero interest. I will never have them on any of my teams. Tua, I have no interest in whatsoever. None. Because if I'm on a contender, I don't want him. If I'm on a rebuild, I don't want him because he doesn't have the upside. I just, I just don't want him, period. Hurts, if I'm on a contender and I'm desperate and it's a one-year thing and because I think he's going to be really good, he could be really good in fantasy in 2021 and lose his job in 2022. That's very possible. I actually think that's the most likely outcome is that the Eagles are horrible. He plays well for fantasy, but they're like 4-13 and 13, and he loses his job. So, I, I don't know. I guess contender, I want Hurts. Rebuilder, I want to, uh, I suppose, because they'll have more trade value for longer, but it's not like I want to. Uh, I'm not high on these guys. Uh, the quarterback value in Superflex, and just because I know they have market value, is the only reason I would take them, personally. I, I don't want these guys. I mean, I'm in agreement with this one. I would honestly probably put these on the block, right? But they are the best return of what's left. 100%. Jalen Hurts is worth more in a super flex league than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's worth more. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. And it's big enough of a difference in my rankings that I'll take the value loss with CEH and just deal with it because I'm not willing to gamble. But at this point, you have to take them just based on value, even though I really, really don't want them. That was a big part last year. That's why I probably uh, have a good amount of like Jalen Hurts on my like taxi squad at the start of the year. Because in that middle of the second round they were going, you have to take that quarterback. It's just one of those things that like it could it could be what happened. Just keep in mind it doesn't always work. No, I mean Jordan Love was there in the same range as Jalen Hurts, and that one totally failed. Whereas Jalen Hurts completely succeeded as a value play. So it, it can work sometimes. It doesn't work every time, but it's not a bad shot. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're I'm not we'll see if we even get to love on this list. I'm not you sure. You will not get happen. to love today. But you also <laughs> probably passed on you probably passed on Antonio Gibson to draft both Love and Hertz in the late second round. So you might have thought it was a great decision, but maybe it's not so great even even in this context. It's always interesting to look back, and that's why we like to do these. So I, I remember, guys, if you um, want to know more details about these players you're hopping in right now, make sure to check out the last two podcasts. We break down every every one of these players plus more because we go over all the quarterbacks yeah. and running backs, the wide receivers and the tight ends in those two shows. On the last two shows, we talked a lot more about what the players did, where they were in the 2020 draft. Right now we're more looking forward. We're looking at what would we do going forward? But if you want to know more about these players and context in the past, we talked about that a lot more on the last two shows. Yeah, that's why it shows a little bit quicker. But if you like I said, if you just joined us for the first time, make sure you hop in and listen to those. We're going into more detail. Moving on to the second round. We're we're already there. Um, we're going to, I'm going to go back to the skills position. Obviously, I'm not taking a Jordan Love here no. by any means. I'm going to get a wide receiver. Um, I think it's a high ceiling. It's going to be Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Interesting. Interesting. I, think, I think he's going to get a quarterback upgrade for sure in the NFL draft. Mm. And I think he could be the um, wide receiver one on that team. I still think Kittle is the best. Oh, Kittle is the target on that, on that team. team. But no he showed doubt. enough in those games. I think he's probably my top guy right now. I think I'm, if Mac Jones goes there, I might flip-flop a few things. Plus, I'm intrigued to see Jones. what happens with the draft because another guy here that I was thinking about might jump back ahead of him because I had him at cube. I had the other guy wide receiver three last year. But as of today, I'm going with um, Brandon Ayuk. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan said, this we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Kyle Shanahan said today that he cannot guarantee that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the roster on Sunday because he can't guarantee that anyone will be alive on Sunday. So just given that quote, I don't think we're going to have to deal with much of Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. I think whoever they draft is going to be Brandon Ayuk's quarterback immediately. I am starting to be convinced that it's going to be Mac Jones as much as I disagree with that decision. I, I vehemently disagree with that decision. I think it should be Justin Fields, but I think it's going to be Mac Jones, unfortunately. Either way, I still think it's a massive upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, who I do not like. 
I, I don't hate the pick, but it's not what I would have done. But that's mostly because of uh, the way I value running backs and wide receivers in this range. I'm, I would have done something a little different. Uh, so I guess we can get to that. All you. Yeah. So I'm going to go with James Robinson. I I just like at this point, I, I think that we've got, for me, we've gotten past what I would call the difference-making, big difference-making receivers. There were, there were two available in this pool. There was Justin Jefferson and there was CeeDee Lamb. Those were the two guys I saw as like, these could be high-end wide receiver ones. I mean, Jefferson was already close to doing it. Lamb was on pace to do it before Dak went down. I don't quite see Ayuk in that same vein. I would prefer to take someone like James Robinson. He finished as what? Uh, the RB six or seven. He, he did get injured. So in, on a points per game basis, what was he? Fourth or fifth in fantasy points. I mean, he was, he was a high end RB one when he was on the field and that was in the putrid Jacksonville offense of last season. We were, st- they were starting what Gardner Minshew, Mike Glennon, Jake Luden. This is an unacceptable trio of quarterbacks. Now, they will be starting Trevor Lawrence. The offense will be way better. I want the running back in that offense. I think that James Robinson could have a, a lot of success, even if it's only for one year. How, if you're planning for multiple years ahead at running back, you're, you're doing this wrong. I mean, if you're looking one year ahead, that's about right. Two, more than two, forget it. A running back, you saw what happened to guys like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Anything can happen, and he has an opportunity right now to be a mid-RB1. So at this point in the draft, now that the difference-making receivers are gone, I would love to have James Robinson on my team. I, I like Robinson there. I don't think it's a, a bad pick by any means. I'm just not sold on his long-term. That's why I think I use me better. But there are a bunch of receivers behind here that might be better uh, choices as well. So Robinson has shown he can do it. We're he still. Did wondering what's gonna happen in the draft there's like a big small piece in the back of my mind that there could take somebody to take the workload away but i highly doubt it so i understand that but i think he just ha- doesn't have that safety that i want i'm taking somebody for like multiple years and that's why i put Ayuk a little bit higher i'm pretty set on that yeah i just i just feel that the uh, the receivers don't have that much safety either receive receivers are so outside of the top few are very volatile uh the middle range of receiver can be kind of similar from like 20 to like 40 and and Ayuk is below that line for me of guys that I'm really confident in just a strategy thing more than anything more more than a specific judgment on Ayuk per se yeah I mean it's one thing again this might be team dependent as well but usually you do need more running backs as well we're we're in a new tier with the second round right for those quarterbacks so we've got a big tier of players going on yeah I would include the quarterbacks uh the quarterbacks and, and some of these players that we talked about, the, the Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Jalen Hurts, James Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, those players are in a similar value range, all of them for me. Yeah, Plus and more that we're still going to get to. Yeah, we're getting to, I was going to the next guy right here at the 203. This is where I would probably look for T. Higgins. Yes. I think he's the next wide receiver off the list. He was my wide receiver three overall last year. He's dropped down a little bit, as you can tell, in the year. But, like, I was higher than most people on him. And now he's kind of hit where everyone thought he was last year i just think he's gonna be a great receiver for multiple years big bodied guy tied to burrow um it could change a little bit with chase going there but i think even if chase goes there he's gonna be fine as a receiver as a wide receiver too at least what's your opinion on higgins well i have higgins over Ayuk, but obviously behind robinson because i didn't take him i i prefer higgins I, I thought he showed more in year one i think he has a better quarterback right now we don't know who san francisco is gonna have but whoever it is i think i'd probably prefer joe burrow over them uh, for Higgins value. If Cincinnati takes Jamar Chase, then I think Higgins and Ayuk would be about equal. If they don't take Jamar Chase, then I would prefer Higgins by a significant margin. That's kind of where I'm at on Higgins. I I really like him. I, I like what he showed in year one. Some people have him higher than I do. Uh, I mostly have him where I do because I think that the risk that they take Jamar Chase is high. I think that that's likely outcome. And if and if they do, I'm going to have to drop Higgins in my rankings. Jamar Chase is an alpha wide receiver one type. And Higgins will lose that high-end ceiling that he has at the moment. So it will be an impact in my rankings if that happens. But uh, as of right now, I would still lean Higgins over Ayuk. 
And if, because even if he gets drafted there, I still think they would be about equal. I'm not that like sky high on Ayuk because there's quarterback uncertainty and also Kittle is still there as like the mega target monster in that offense. And I think Higgins showed more in year one than Ayuk personally between the two. Yeah, I can totally see that. But I think that, did he really show more in like reality? Like longevity uh, for, for what I want to see. For what I want to see in a player, I saw the big receiver, the big target, the real one, that the ability to do it. I saw that from Higgins. I don't think Ayuk's ever going to be that. Like, I think Higgins has much more upside. Ayuk, I think his ceiling is, theoretical ceiling is around wide receiver 10 to 12 at best ever. Whereas I think Higgins, in theory, could be a top five wide receiver in fantasy as a player. I think he has the skills to do it. Not sure it'll ever happen, but I think he has that upside, and that's why I would go with Higgins, just based on what we saw. Yeah, one thing I think I can see with it, it just depends on that. That pick for the Bengals is going to be huge for a lot of these values, for the Higgins value, for the Burrow value. Depending what you take can change a lot of things all players around it. even Tyler Boyd could be moving around there. Don't um, get me started. <laughs> Tyler Boyd is bad. He's not good. Not good. You're get, we're getting me off track. Remember, I didn't even, I was good. We were talking about T Higgins. We were talking about the Bengals and I got through the whole conversation without even mentioning Tyler Boyd because he's not worth mentioning. But, and now you brought up Tyler Boyd. So you bring this on yourself. You bring it on yourself about Tyler Boyd. That that's what happened here. So I hope the audience sees that. I hope it doesn't get edited in a different way. Can leave that in too. For the record, Tyler Boyd is good. Yeah, and we're gonna say that. Um, where were we? Who, who picked Higgins? You, you? I did. I picked Higgins. You picked Higgins. Okay. So we're moving on to uh, Chase Claypool. I want Chase Claypool. I love Claypool there. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I think it's a pretty easy choice, just given who's left. I well, no, there's a couple other people who would be reasonable options as well. But just given what we saw in year one, he displayed touchdown upside. A lot of what I say said about Higgins carries over to Claypool for me. I saw uh, the ability to be an alpha receiver, the big target that we want, that big target that can produce as a high-end wide receiver one, the stereotypical kind of target that we want. We saw from Claypool. The reason that I prefer Higgins, as I'm sure you would agree, is that Higgins was better. Claypool was more inconsistent. He has off some off the field things that I, I don't like his behavior, and you've mentioned that as well on the show. And he's a, in a more he's in a crowded target room. And Deontay Johnson is still the alpha there. And Juju, even though I don't think Juju is that great, is still going to demand a lot of targets. Big Ben is kind of. I think Big Ben is completely washed and they don't have any plan to replace him. So there are concerns with Claypool that I don't have with Higgins or even Ayuk. So he's, he's below those guys, but you know, at the point that we're at, you got to chase that upside. I think I totally agree. He's got the highest ceiling and he has a good floor. He's not in a bad floor situation either as well. His so floor is pretty low. It's not, I don't think it's that good. I think his floor is, is, is not great. I, I it's low. Just given his attitude and like Big Ben being absolutely awful, his floor is scary. That's that's why he's not in the you know range of Higgins and Ayuk for me. He, his floor is a bit is a bit low. His, well, I'm not saying it's like low, but I mean he's definitely the next piece here. Because even compared yeah. to the couple guys coming up, I think he's got a similar floor, or his ceiling makes up for that big difference. That that's that they I have. I agree with that. At wide receiver in this range, I'm chasing ceiling. So we're gonna get to a couple of guys, I believe, in the next few that I think have a higher floor than Claypool, but the ceiling's just not there. And I, I want to chase ceiling at this point. Yeah, and speaking of those guys, I'm gonna go over the next one. Just someone we're both high on, and it might surprise you. I'm gonna take Lavisca Chanel here really i i love i think he's the one in that offense i think that's one so thing I. I, I think that's what matters here we're in the second round i think i want again we're chasing ceiling he's gonna have the better quarterback than a lot of guys behind him he's also just gonna be straight good in that spot and he's gonna be playing the slot and slash gadget role then he's gonna get peppered with targets so i think visca is my pick here there's guys that are really close and i wouldn't be upset if you went a different way with it but i think that's who i would take here well there's just one guy I mean, like, and I'll take the other guy in consideration. 
so we can talk about them both. I'll take Jerry Judy. Yeah, that was the other one. Um, I, as we all know, I, I like Visca, like you mentioned. We both like Visca here. We, we both love Trevor Lawrence, and we both think that Visca is going to be the top target there over DJ Chark. But the reason why I would go with Judy is I just think that Judy is a much better player. Judy is a more complete player. I think Judy can be that amazing receiver, amazing route runner that we all want. You know, is he the big, you know, stereotypical target? Maybe not. But he looked really good on the field in 2020. And, you know, we're going to get, you can see where this is going. He had one of the lowest catchable target percentages of any receiver in the league. Why could that have been? I wonder. Uh, Because Drew Locke is straight garbage. It's horrible. There were multiple, yes, Jerry Judy dropped a lot of passes. But even if you discount the passes he dropped and just looked at looked at the other ones there were so many times where jerry judy was running wide open just open drew lock made a different decision didn't throw it there there were other times where he just threw it who knows where miles in the wrong direction i'm on record saying that denver cannot go into the 2021 season with drew lock as their starter drew lock is horrible he will tank the value of everybody once again if they prove me wrong and after the draft they go forward with Drew Locke, I'll probably reverse these rankings, pushing Judy further down because I, as much as I like Jerry Judy as a talent, he's not, and I talked about this on Twitter recently, he's not a transcendent talent. And tra- only transcendent talents can excel in horrible situations. And he's just not that. I think he's very good, but not that good. So... He cannot succeed with Drew Locke. He's not that. He's not going to be able to do that. So they need to replace Drew Locke, and I'm really, really, really hoping that it's somehow with Justin Fields. If they can get Justin Fields on that team, I will be all in on Jerry Judy. I will be so excited because I love Jerry Judy coming out. I love Jerry Judy as a player. I loved him as a rookie. I loved what he did on the field, and I want him to succeed. So that, that would that change my so much Jerry for me Judy. if they get fields. That would change so anyone, much for me. Anyone, anyone else. Drew Locke is so bad, so bad. He takes the whole offense and just ruins everything. He ruins everything. He's terrible. He's incapable of doing anything as a quarterback. He's, in my opinion, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And I want him to retire and just get out of the NFL because he's getting in my way. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. I mean, I, he was in consideration there. I really had a tough call there. I just think going with what I know today, they're getting the better quarterback. I know. So that's I why I have Visca. It's so frustrating. I wish Jerry Judy. Judy. I, I like, I love Visca. We know and Judy that won't I be. Visca. I don't think Judy's going to be the one on that team either. I think um, Cortland Sutton still takes a big share of that. So it's another yeah. factor. I think Visca's the one. If you don't think Visca's I'm the not one, a I could see Judy. Fan. That, that's probably why I'm higher on Judy than, than other people. I'm not a big Sutton fan. I, I like Sutton a lot too, so we'll see how he comes back. I was never a big Sutton fan, and I'm I'm I like him, but I'm not that high on him. But I mean, w- this I think ends a tier. I, I totally th- agree. After this, I, we're going off a cliff. I think it's a big drop off, right here at this point. That's something yeah, really huge. Claypool, Judy, I kind of had so just some of the guys we talked about. I kind of forgetting the quarterbacks for a second. I kind of had Robinson, James Robinson, T. Higgins, and Brandon Ayuk kind of in a grouping. And then I have these three, the next three that we discussed, Claypool, Judy, and Chenault kind of in a grouping for me. Because they I all actually have, agree with that. I agree, yeah, I agree with that, like, little teardrop. And the one of the biggest things that we, again, we could see a couple of guys from this last tier jump into that tier above it, but I don't think they're getting any farther than that unless yeah, something I mean, big happens. The Broncos have Justin Fields. Jerry Judy's in the, that tier above for me. With the Ayuk and the James Robinson and all yes. that. So. Yes, I, I would be all in. But one, with, one Drew Locke, with Drew Locke, no thank you. Drew Locke sucks. He is so bad. I I can't, I just can't deal with it. He's so bad. He ruins the entire offense. It, it's really a shame for me. I, I really find it to be a shame because I think that both Jerry Judy and Noah Fant are having parts of their young careers completely wasted there. Going forward, we got to find six more players after this little cliff drop. Yeah, we're taking a golf, a golf <laughs> down here. Um, I'm just going to go with Michael Pittman Jr., that's I think fine. he could be the one on that team. And that really what 
makes it up for me. I, I think um, with uh, T.Y. Hilton, a little bit older, just being a, a distraction, no good receivers around them. Their tight end situation's meh. The downside is he's catching passes from Carson Wentz, but at the same time, he that is the number big, one that is number one on the problem. offense. So I think he's the next best guy, but I think there's a significant drop at this point. So don't think like, oh, Judy, then no, Pittman. Or like, no, it, it's all. like Judy is up here. Pittman is... If you can't, way, you can't see my hands, way down, like down. But I think he's the next guy off the list. Yes, and let's, let's not forget that passing, catching passes from Carson Wentz is more than a little problem. <laughs> catching passes from Carson Wentz is a big problem. He is slightly more, he's more competent than Drew Locke. He's better, he's better than Drew Locke, but oh boy. But Carson, Judy's a way better talent than Pittman. Like leaps and bounds better talent. Yeah, but oh boy. I mean, Wentz's 2020 season was so bad. We could have a show just on that and just you talk could about have a that. Show, you could have a whole podcast just on that season. It was so bad that I'll, I'll believe that he's going to become a competent quarterback again when I see it, but I, I, I will not be convinced until he does it on the field. No words can convince me. I have to see it at this point. So I'm, I'm pretty out on Pittman just for that reason. I mean, I'm not excited about this pick. It's just like what I, I don't really like Pittman anyway. He was a late declare, didn't have a great profile coming out. He was only picked in the second round. I his profile coming in wasn't that great. Still picked so, up Jonathan Taylor somehow. Um, that, and that, I find that to be very bizarre. On the same team, his, his they picked profile first. wasn't good. That's the other thing. So I wasn't in on Pittman to begin with. So who's your next guy? I mean, at this point, there's a, a lot of guys I don't want. I'll go with Jalen Rager. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, no, I don't really like Jalen Rager. I just, it, it is what it is. I hope that. It's similar to me, to Pittman, the players that I don't really believe in. I believed in Rager a little more. He was drafted in the first round. He did a lot less as a rookie. His situation is bad. Uh, the Eagles passing offense is not going to be good. I I don't know. I don't really like Jalen Rager, but there's a lot of bad options, and Rager ceiling is higher than the other ones so i guess that's the argument to take him but it's not like i'm celebrating woo i have jalen rager on my team it's like oh i have jalen rager on my team yay that, that's more how i feel about jalen rager um i'll just move on to the next guy we'll talk about it together speaking of fast guys tyler does not like we'll go with henry ruggs is my uh, next yes. one top of the list i think ruggs is a better ceiling than rager i just think rugs is a better player than rager i don't think rager is that good from what he saw i would honestly flip-flop them but i can't blame someone for taking it i don't really want either but it's kind of just like i'd rather have the guy with the first round capital higher that the team wanted more and had a little bit better situation coming out and that he they can move him into the slot or do stuff with him to make him better but yeah we, we talked about this last week yeah, we were and, in depth on that one and i just i looked at it throughout the week and i just came back to the same conclusion that as much as I dislike Jalen Rager, I dislike Henry Ruggs, dislike him more. I really am not. I just think that Henry Ruggs is bad. I, I don't want him. I didn't want him last week. I did some research during the week to kind of see if I was maybe a little too low on him. Came back to the same conclusion. I just don't like Henry Ruggs. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't in before. I'm not in now. I, I just don't really want him. I wasn't in either way. I just think like his value. I think just he has somewhere to like move a little bit, but we're talking late second. And yeah, no, I, I thought about it. I, I looked at his value. I, I looked at his stats just like, because this is something I do. I look at my rankings and see, do I really believe this? Is this really where I want to have him? And I, nothing I saw changed my mind. His stats were bad. His profile coming in was bad. Like the only thing that he has going for him was that he was a high pick. And I just, there wasn't much on the field really either. I just wasn't, I wasn't convinced. So we'll, 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 we talked a lot about last show. So if you want to hear more about this, listen to yeah, the last we went show. Into detail. So who's your next guy here? We got three picks left. I'll take AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, just for sheer upside of being a high value handcuff. Yeah. I mean, you heard my opinion on rugs, so I didn't want him. So at this point I'll just take a running back. Yeah. He, I mean, he's probably the, one of the best handcuffs in the NFL. I think he's the best handcuff. I think it's debatable with him and Tony Pollard. But no, I, can see I, don't think so. I think that AJ Dillon, we know from his profile in college that AJ Dillon can handle a full workload. 
he can handle a full rushing workload. We don't know anything about Tony Pollard's ability to handle a full rushing workload. He didn't do it in college. He's never done it in the NFL, and I don't think he can. I think he's too small. I don't, so I don't see that. So I think that A.J. Dillon is the best handcuff in the NFL. I don't fault you for saying that. I just think they're closer than you think they are, but I'm well, not going like, to fight you too much. Size. Pollard is too small. Pollard is too small to handle that kind of workload for me. I, I'll believe it when I see it, but you know how I feel about Chase Edmonds. I feel the same way about Chase Edmonds for that reason, that he's too small. Tony Pollard, I think he's too small. If he shows me that he can do it, I'll buy it. We've yet to see that over any extended period of time. He did it for one game. He had one really long run, and that was it. He didn't do it in college. We've had two years in the NFL. He had one big run. He's a complimentary player, who I like, by the way, as a complimentary player. I actually think Tony Pollard is a good player. We well, had I more than one big run, though, just for the record. He had, he had the same amount of 40-yard rushing touchdowns as Aaron Jones. Right, and but as he, had one, he had the one good game replacing Zeke in which he had one big run that made the game really big. That's what happened. He had big runs in the other games where he played as a change of pace back, which is where I think he excels. But I do think that A.J. Dillon is a complete handcuff. He could do not everything that Aaron Jones could do, especially not in the passing game, but I think he can do almost everything in the running game that Aaron Jones can, can offer, personally. I think it's the passing game that's the biggest difference between the two. And that's why Aaron Jones is getting the money. And A.J. Dillon isn't because he brings a complete skill set, whereas A.J. Dillon is like two out of three things. So on the last two picks here, this is my last pick that I have. I'm going to go with a tight end who I think is upside in Cole Komet. I, I, I think like that's it. a good spot there. I think it's at this point, end of the second. He's most likely going to be the starter just because they're not, they're not bringing anybody in. Jimmy Graham's still there, but he was already a reduced role. We went over this in detail last week, and the targets can be there especially with an Andy Dalton who's going to like dink and dunk it a little bit. I think that's who I would take here. I'd be fine with him being hopefully my second tight end, but I wouldn't mind putting him in as well. I'm fine with that. At this point, there's a lot of players I'm not very high on that would have been fine. I like Cole Komet a lot as a potential breakout in year two. Who's the last pick, Tyler? End it off. I'll end it off with another player I don't like, but I'll take him anyway. Uh, Denzel Mims. I don't which, like which honestly is surprising. A lot of people are gonna be surprised he's that he's going this low because there's some Denzel Mims hype I hate out them. there. And we talked about it last week. Again, we keep bringing it up, but go listen to other shows. We go way more in depth. He's done nothing, nothing to earn, to earn the bump he's gotten. And this nothing. is why I took Komet over him because I think Komet actually could do more. Corey Davis is a better receiver than Mims. Um, when he's getting a rookie quarterback, most likely Zach Wilson, who is good, but again, he's not gonna be the one. I don't know what he is. He didn't do anything year one. I, I We saw more from Komet, I think. I did make a change in my rankings, actually, after last week. But it wasn't with Ruggs and Rager. It was with Mims and Rager. Or, no, Mims and Ruggs. It was Mims moving way down. I moved. So I actually found that I still didn't like Ruggs, but I dislike Mims even more because he did nothing and only has late second-round draft capital. So he actually fell. If you listen to the last show, I said that I had Mims above Ruggs. I've changed that. Now Mims is below Ruggs. I have zero interest in Denzel Mims really at all. I would not be buying him and he will never, ever, ever end up on one of my rosters. He's just only here because we're out of good players. No interest in Denzel Mims. I would say sell, sell, sell. As you can see, we value it much lower than consensus. So we're definitely in the market. Now you've seen how we view these last rookies, a few small switches we both would do on either side of us, Tyler. But for the most part, we have the same tiers. More or less. Which There's is very, very important. Few, very few big disagreements, really. I mean, really, we almost feels like we sometimes have to manufacture a little bit. We have to focus on the little disagreements because the big disagreements just aren't there. We didn't have a big, massive disagreement in this entire exercise. A lot of our tiers were exactly the same. Yeah, the biggest tier change I came maker is a slight tier behind. You haven't yeah. in, the next, in the first tier. And that's why we focused on that because I knew that was going to be probably the biggest disagreement we had. Which is, which is always good to have disagreement and see what other minds are looking at. So I love hearing from other people, especially someone as educated on this as Tyler's. That's why we like doing Aww. the show together. That's so so sometimes I can be nice to you. That's true. But no, thank you all for tuning in right now. Um, be sure to be on the lookout. We'll be dropping this one on Wednesday. We'll be po So we'll, you'll see that post and the post on the live stream coming up this Thursday. Tyler, anything to add on? 
no i'm just excited for the live stream we're gonna be live for almost five hours think about that five hours of us and all of our guests i promise it's gonna be a great show you're all gonna love it it's gonna be a blast gonna be so much fun and i can't wait to see how the impact happens especially that early pick so we, so we talked about the bengals a lot that can affect a lot of these rankings and we'll definitely go into details about that when that happens we will also take your questions in the chat Think that's a thing that we can do yeah, we, uh, we, no we're so, totally taking all the questions yeah so please uh even if it's only for a little while come in ask some questions in the chat we will put them on the screen we will thank you and uh yeah i it'll really mean a lot to us if you watch and you interact with us because that's how we get you know more people watching us subscribing that kind of thing it, it really is important and it means a lot to us so we appreciate that now, every listen means a lot to us. So please make sure, you're, obviously, you're listening. But like, comment, share, subscribe, give us a review. That helps us so much. We're trying to grow as fast as we can to get as much information out to you and to help you as much as possible. That's all we have to say. But thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. See you at the live stream.